Our passage today is going to be in Ezekiel 43.7. If you're using the Pew Bible, you can find that on page 775. And if you're new to the Bible, the large, bold numbers are the chapters, and the small numbers are the verses. Have you ever been in a hopeless situation? I have an example from my own life. My parents, when I was like 19, decided to buy me my first car. And it was a piece of junk. It was a 1997 Honda Civic. And my parents told me when they bought it for me, hey, this car's a piece of junk, so you're going to have to keep putting oil in it, or else you're going to blow out the engine. 19-year-old me probably put oil in it a couple of times, um, but at the end of the day, you can guess what happened. I'm driving the car, the engine blows, and I'm there, I'm sitting in my car, and I'm in a hopeless situation. And if you've ever been in a hopeless situation, you know the thing that makes a hopeless situation worse is when it's your fault. It, it brings the hopelessness up three notches. This is exactly the type of situation, but on a way deeper and grander scale, that Israel finds himself in in the book of Ezekiel. So the whole book of Ezekiel is actually written by Ezekiel, and he is already in exile when he's writing this book. Ezekiel was taken into Babylon by King Nebuchadnezzar. He was one of the first exiles to be taken. And so he is speaking to the exiles already there because of Israel's idolatry. And while he's there, things are not getting better for Israel. In chapters 10 and 11, six years into the exile, Ezekiel has a vision and he sees God's glory that would have dwelled in the temple with Israel, and it's leaving not only the temple, but the city of Jerusalem itself. Six more years later, the exiles get news that the temple and Jerusalem have actually been totally destroyed. You can imagine the hopelessness. They're in exile. They have news that their temple and their city is destroyed. They understand that they are experiencing the curse for not obeying God and for worshiping idols. And God has seemingly left them. They are hopeless. And that brings us to our verse, Ezekiel 43.7, where they finally get some hope. Before I read this, this verse is in the midst of a vision that God gives Ezekiel, and he's describing a new temple And God is speaking from the midst of the temple to Ezekiel. And this is what he says. Son of man, this is the place of my throne and the place for the soles of my feet where I will dwell among the Israelites forever. The house of Israel and their kings will no longer defile my holy name by their religious prostitution and by the corpses of their kings at their high places. Our main point for tonight is this, hope in God, for he has promised to dwell with his people. And we'll look at that through two smaller points. Point number one, hope in God, because he will purify his people. And hope in God, point number two, hope in God, because he will dwell with his people forever. So point number one, 
Hope in God because he will purify his people. We saw that the reason that Israel is in this hopeless situation is their own sin. And if we look in our verse, we see it says, religious prostitution and by the corpses of their kings at the high places. And what that's describing is idolatry. In Ezekiel 16, God describes Israel's idolatry, and Israel is described as a woman, a woman who was unloved, undesirable, and not seen as beautiful. But God came along as the man, and he loved her, and he married her, and he bestowed gift after gift on her, and he made her beautiful. And you'd think, right, that this this woman who had been unloved would be unconditionally bound to that man who has done that for her. But unfortunately, it was the exact opposite. Ezekiel 16 tells us that woman took her newfound beauty, her newfound treasures, and she went and she spent them on the world. And she spent them on other lovers. And God is saying, this is exactly what Ezekiel has done. He has taken Israel, God made them beautiful, and they have turned and they have given everything that they have to other gods. They're worshiping other idols in God's land. And the thing is, we've done the exact same thing. We are created by God. We have been given everything we have by him, and yet how often do we, instead of worshiping God and giving God the worship and the praise, do we take it and we use it on other things? Whether that would be something like sex, or money, or comfort. Maybe it's other people's opinions. Maybe it's possessions. We are always taking what God has given us and worshiping other things. God calls that idolatry. In our verse, he calls it religious prostitution. And what, and what we realize is, because we have done this, we deserve the same thing as Israel is experiencing. Israel is under God's judgment for their idolatry. And we deserve the same thing. But, Ezekiel 43, 7, if we look at the second half of our verse, God promises, he says this, The house of Israel and their kings will no longer defile my holy name by their religious prostitution or idolatry and by the corpses of their kings at the high places. And so, we as Christians, we get to know how he did this. And this was through Jesus Christ. Jesus came and he died And he washed us clean of our idolatry when we put our trust in him. And even though we do still sin, God has made it so that positionally we are righteous before him because Christ was righteous and his righteousness has been put on us. We live right now in the fulfillment of the second half of this verse where we no longer defile God's holy name by our idolatry. And when Jesus returns, even though we're sinning now, when Jesus returns, our sanctification will be completed. This should bring us hope, right? As sinners, we are not seen by God as sinful. Hope in God because you are purified of your sins. You are righteous in God's sight. When you're battling sin, you will not lose. You cannot lose your battle with sin because God has already purified you and you will no longer defile his holy name. Even though you sin, God sees you as righteous. 
And if you're here today and you have not put your trust in Jesus, I just want to warn you that you are in the same situation as Israel. You are in a hopeless situation. Because of your idolatry, just as all of us as Christians once were, you are justly under God's wrath. You are hopeless. You are unable to save yourself. And just like Israel was brought into exile, anyone who is not trusting in Christ will end up in hell for eternity. This is hopeless news. But there is hope. There is hope. Like I said before, in our verse, God promises that his people will no longer defile his holy name. And he has done this through Jesus. And so I just want to hold out this hope to you tonight. If you have not trusted in Christ, trust in Christ. Turn from your idolatry and trust in him. And you can have that same hope that we all have who have trusted in Christ. But if you're here today and you're a Christian, God has purified you. And one of the main reasons he has purified you is so that you can dwell with him. Which leads us to our second point. Hope in God because he will dwell with his people forever. We can, we can see how this would have brought Israel hope. They, have, <laughs> they are in exile. They have a vision of God's glory leaving the temple and Jerusalem. They are all alone. God is not dwelling with them at this moment. Physically, at least. And he says, I will dwell with you again forever. But the question for us is when? When is that going to happen? And for them, when? When was that going to happen? Travis talked about this a little bit today. But if you look through, through the end of the Old Testament, they have rebuilt the temple. But by the end of the Old Testament, God's glory never dwells in it again. God never again dwells with his people in the temple in the Old Testament, which is what he promises here. And so we've got to keep looking. And we can see that in the New Testament, through Jesus' death and resurrection, God's new temple actually refers to us, to me and you, to his people. Travis explained that today, this morning in 1 Peter 2, but I'm going to look at another verse that just shows us that and is actually connected to Ezekiel. 2 Corinthians 6.16 says this, And what agreement does the temple of God have with idols? For we, me and you, those who have trusted in Christ, are the temple of the living God. As God said, and he quotes Ezekiel, I will dwell and walk among them. I will be their God, and they will be my people. So the truth that we have tonight is, we are God's new temple. God is dwelling with us in this very room. This is a picture of his temple right now. How much more can we have hope than Israel? When God dwells with us right now, we're not only looking to the future, God is actually dwelling inside of you and with us right now. And so take hope. I just want to give a couple of examples of how we could apply this hope to ourselves. So as individuals, if you're feeling alone, there's always times when we feel alone. Even if you're married, even if you have a lot of friends, you just feel alone. Remind yourself, you are not alone. God dwells within you. Not only that, you are joined to this whole body of people here as God's temple. As individuals, we often struggle with God feeling distant. 
But remind yourself, God is not distant. He is inside of you, indwelling your heart. And again, reach out and look to your fellow brothers and sisters to remind you, no, God is living inside you. No, we make up this temple. When you think about the church as the whole, we, like Travis said as, um, in his announcements today, right? It's easy to see how culture is more and more against Christianity and the things that the Bible stands for. And so we can look to the future and think, man, there could be more persecution coming. But in, in, in the light of that, have hope. Have hope. We are God's temple. God has not forgotten us. He is with us. And the gates of hell will not stand against the church. And finally, we can have hope by our faith turning to sight. On this side of heaven, we cannot see God. But every time we gather as a church, tonight, this morning, next Sunday, we get to see God dwelling with his people in his temple. And I would just encourage you, whenever you are feeling hopeless, come to church and just look around and see God dwelling with his people and use that to encourage you. You can do that every single Sunday, twice on Sunday if you come to this church. How much more can we have hope than Israel? Because God dwells with us right now. However, we also have a forward-looking hope, just like Israel did. This indwelling of the Spirit in his church, the fact that we are God's temple, has started now, but it will last forever. Look again at our verse. God says, where I will dwell among the Israelites forever. It's only going to get better from here. And so we're going to fast forward right now. We are here. Jesus has come, but Jesus has not yet returned a second time. Fast forward to Revelation. Revelation 21.3. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne. Look, God's dwelling is with humanity. And he will live with them. They will be his people. And God himself will be with them and will be their God. We will dwell in the glory of God, in the new heavens and the new earth forever. And it's going to be actually even better than it is now. Listen to this other verse from Revelation 21. Revelation 21 says, We will dwell, this is my summary, we will dwell directly in God's glory. And the way it describes that is that God, Jesus, is the Son. And so Jesus is the Son, his glory is going out everywhere. And we are soaking it in. I don't know if any of you got to go out into the sun that was happening the last couple of weeks. It's been really nice. And I don't know about you, but for me, when the sun's out and I walk out into the sun, the day just seems more hopeful, especially after a long winter. Now imagine that, but God's glory. Every day, God's glory, you're soaking it in. How much hope can we have looking forward to that for eternity? Church, that in and of itself is enough hope to get us through anything in this life. No matter what is going on now, your trials, your struggles, your sin, it will not last forever. God dwells with you now, and he will dwell with you for eternity, and you will be directly in his presence. So church, don't hope in other things. 
Let's not put our hope in money. Let's not put our hope in relationships. Let's not put our hope in possessions. Let's put our hope in Christ. What awaits us is eternal and forever. In conclusion, church, hope in God, for he has promised to dwell with his people. Let's pray. Lord, we are just so often discouraged. We are so often in need of hope in a world that is broken and that is hard. And I just pray that as we go through our week, you would take what we learned here tonight and apply it to our hearts, that we would be hopeful because you yourself dwell with us. In Jesus' name, amen.